0: Welcome to Everything Yesterday This Morning, a 15 to 20 minute daily recap of headlines you may have missed. Come for the news, stay for the snarky commentary. Good morning and welcome to Tuesday's edition of Everything Yesterday This Morning. I'm your host, literally Heather. Uh, Huge shout out to my son, Finnegan. He turned 4 years old this morning today is his birthday. Um if you want give him a shout out, I'll let him see all of them later today. Um I hope your day is starting off spectacular and thank you for joining me on this fine Tuesday morning. I shared these two deals from Palmetto State Armory on my timeline yesterday evening, but I thought that since they are affiliate only deals, I would go ahead and share them one more time today so you don't miss out on them. The first is a full-size PSA dagger with a threaded barrel, 10 17 round magazines, and a bag for only $399.99. Second is a PSA 5.7 rock, optics ready with a threaded barrel for only $569.99. Both links are in my show description and are available as of recording. All speech is free speech. This isn't debatable for me, In no world can the government override your right to free speech or freedom of expression, even the most abhorrent speech, speech that is disgusting, repulsive, vulgar, rude, inconsiderate, violent, funny, loud, disagreeable, negative, positive, etc. Unfortunately, the hate speech police are coming for you if you live in Michigan. A Michigan House committee plans to hold a hearing on Tuesday regarding two bills that would amend the penal code and make vaguely defined "quote, hate speech," a felony subject to several penalties. House bills 4474 and 4475 state that "quote, a person is guilty of a hate crime, if that person, if that person." Intimidates or harasses another individual. Okay, well, defined intimidate and harassment. Causes bodily injury. How do you do that with... Okay, anyway. Or severe mental anguish to another individual. Defined by who? Like, Uses, force, or violence on another individual. Damages, destroys, or defaces any real, personal, digital, or online property of another individual, or threatens by word, word, or act to do any of the above described actions, if the person, regardless of the existence of any other motivating factor, so even if you are doing this in defense intentionally targets the individual or engages in the action based in whole or in part on any of the following actual or perceived characteristics of another individual. Did you catch that German-esque language in there? I'm going to filter out some of the other stuff. A person is guilty of a hate crime if that person damages or destroys or defaces digital property of another individual. What defines digital property? Could that be your timeline on Twitter? If I make a meme of your publicly available face, am I defacing digital property of another individual? Am I going to be charged with a hate crime? I actually appreciate this type of legislation. It lets you know where everyone stands. The government wants to police your speech. They want to silence you. They want to control you. It boils down to whether or not you're the type of person that is okay with that or not. I can think of one person that is having none of this bullshit in Michigan. I see you up there. (laughs) Among other things, the bill covers anything that could disparage a person's race, religion, sexual orientation, gender identity, disability, or age. Under this amended criminal statute, if you speak out against abortion, teenage transgender males showering with females and taking their spots on women's teams, illegal immigrants flooding our nation, or you simply refuse to use a person's preferred pronouns, you will be prosecuted for a felony and can receive up to five years in prison and be fined $10,000. But rest assured, this law will not be enforced equally. If you want to attack pro-life pregnancy centers, assault others, burn government buildings like Antifa, BLM, and other leftist groups, feel free to continue with your lawless behavior. This law is not meant for you. I'm just kidding about that. Like... (laughs) Um, sarcasm. I never know if it comes across because you can't see my facial expressions. Uh, two former employees say that they were fired from a Georgia Lululemon store for allegedly breaking company policy when they called the police to report a robbery at their store. Jennifer Ferguson and Rachel Rogers told local outlets that they called authorities after a group of robbers came to their store in Peachtree Corners despite company policy that says employees should not intervene in robberies we didn't really feel very protected or know what else to do we're not supposed to get in the way ferguson told the outlet you kind of clear path for whatever they're going to do and then after it's over you scan a qr code and that's that we've been told not To put in any notes because that might scare other people. We're not supposed to call the police. Not really supposed to talk about it at all. Both women said they were fired over a Zoom call with regional Lululemon officials, who said the company had a zero tolerance policy regarding the incident. The former employees said they are working through how to deal with the sudden firing financially and hope. Lululemon considers changing the policy. Fast forward to where Lululemon CEO Calvin McDonald came out today and responded and said that he stands by the company's decision to fire the two Georgia employees that called police on masked robbers last month, stating that their actions went against official company policy. Quote, we have a zero tolerance policy that we train our educators or employees on around engaging during a theft. The policy claims to prohibit employees from interfering with robberies for their own safety. The employees are ordered to scan a QR code after the theft and essentially brush it under the rug, according to the employee handbook. McDonald told the network that the two employees were not fired because they called the police, but rather for going against the company's zero-tolerance policy, which is in place because we put the safety of our team, of our guest, front and center. At the end of the day, it's only merchandise, McDonald said. They're trained to step back, let the theft occur, know that there's technology, there's cameras, and we're working with law enforcement. However, the viral video shows that the two former employees had engaged the thieves, which resulted in their firing, the CEO said. 23-year-old Rachel Rogers, who worked as a store associate, recorded the robbery and said that the Peachtree Corner store had been the target of the same group of thieves for weeks, stating that they would consistently rob the store around an hour before closing, snatching merchandise from the store fixtures closest to the door, then flee in their getaway car. A spokesperson for Lululemon told investigators that four men who were wearing the same clothing had been responsible for robbing another Lululemon store in the Atlanta area that same week. The employees followed the group outside, not physically trying to stop them, and called the Gwinnett Police Department, whose officers were able to track down the red Subaru SUV used as a getaway car, despite the suspects allegedly changing the license plate as they fled. Bio Allen, who was 19, Quintavious Gooch, who is 19, Braylon Shivers, who's 20, and Nicholas Lynch, who is 26-year-old, were arrested two days after the April 24th robbery, which was caught on camera, according to the news. Shivers, Gooch, Allen remained behind bars at Georgia's Fayette County Jail. I'm curious to hear what you guys think about this one. Should they have been fired? I have my thoughts, but I think this will make for a great debate on Friday's Liberty Happy Hour, starting at a new time this week, 8:30 Eastern Standard Time for the summer. As possible re- record-setting crowds fill airports nationwide, passengers may encounter new tech- new technology at the security line at 25 airports in the United States and Puerto Rico, the TSA is expanding a controversial digital identification program that uses facial recognition. As possible record-setting crowds fill airports nationwide, passengers may encounter new technology at the security line. This comes as the TSA and other divisions of Homeland Security are under pressure from lawmakers to update technology and cybersecurity. Quote, we view this as better for security, much more efficient, because the image capture is fast and you'll save several seconds, if not a minute, said TSA Administrator David Pekoski. Now, I just want you guys to think about that for a second. You're giving up biometrics for what could potentially be seconds to a minute of your time. Is it worth it? At the world's busiest airport in Atlanta, the TSA checkpoint uses a facial recognition camera system to compare a flyer's face to the picture on their ID in seconds. If there's not a match, the TSA officer is alerted for further review. Facial recognition first and foremost is much, much more accurate, Pekoski said, And we've tested this extensively, so we know that it brings the accuracy level close to 100% from mid-80% with just a human looking for a facial match. The program has been rolled out to more than two dozen airports nationwide since 2020, and the TSA plans to add the technology, which is currently voluntary for flyers, to at least three more airports by the end of the year. There are skeptics. Hi, my name's Heather. Uh, Five U.S. senators sent a letter demanding that TSA halt the program. You don't have to compromise people's biometric security in order to provide physical security at airports, said Senator Ed Markey. Pekoski said he agrees with senators and that he wants to protect privacy for every passenger. I want to deploy technology that's accurate and doesn't disadvantage anybody, he said. Most images are deleted after use, but some information is encrypted and retained for up to 24 months as part of the ongoing review of how the technology performs. Define most images being deleted. What what is most? What determines whether or not information is kept? I wonder where the control data came from. I can't imagine that anyone's looking at this program and saying, nah, there's no way they'll use that information nefariously. Hundreds of white women gathered at the Colorado Capitol Monday morning with more expected to show up throughout the day to use their quote unquote privilege in a silent sit in to demand Governor Jared Polis ban guns and create a gun buyback program. They are literally an insurrection and a threat to democracy. Here for the kids, a movement created after a mass shooting in Nashville in March uh, calls for primarily white women to peacefully sit in until Polis signs an executive order banning guns. It was founded by two women of color, Syra Rao, who is South Asian American, and Tina Strawn, who is Black. Both are mothers. Oh, okay. So these mothers are okay then, okay to demand an executive order violating the constitutional rights of thousands of citizens in that state. But mothers who show up to school board meetings to ask questions and ensure their children aren't being exposed to things they don't want them exposed to are domestic terrorists. Strawn told CNN the movement calls for, quote, white women to be at the forefront of the sit-in because, quote, we know what happens when they show up with demands. Or I apologize. It says we know what happens when we show up with demands. So it appealed to me very much that this was actually a time where we are asking black folks and other marginalized and vulnerable communities to sit this one out and allow the white women and their privileged bodies, their privilege, their power to show up. It's time for them to show up, Strawn added. Like, do you guys hear the connotations in this and the the underlying themes that are here? The movement has garnered support from the entertainment industry, including from white actresses, Amy Schumer Michaela Watkins and Lake Bell. I only know one of those people and I don't even like her. Watkins, who showed up at the Colorado Capitol early Monday morning and plans to stay until late in the evening, told CNN her initial response to call to action for mainly white women to participate was, What? Just white women? That sounds exclusive. But she understood what the founders meant. White women, statistically, have been the least likely to be arrested, assaulted by police officers, and so we just said, okay, if marginalized communities have just been traumatized over and over and over again, I guess we just come together, Watkins told CNN as cars drove by and honked in support of the protest. We are the biggest voting bloc in this country. We do have power. We just forget that. And we've been conditioned to forget that, she said. For me, it was very confronting. It was like, I am an activist, but am I really willing to put myself on the line? When asked, what was her response to other white women who feel uncomfortable with the movement? The executive order here for the kids proposed for Polis to sign calls for the governor to ban the use, loading, possession, or carrying of all firearms in Colorado, including, but not limited, to firearms for personal protection, hunting, law enforcement, or any otherwise lawful purpose, and create a statewide gun buyback program. Fucking tyrants, man. Women are the worst. A spokesperson for Polis said, the governor's staff has met with the organizers of the group and have expressed concerns The requests being made are either unconstitutional or require legislative action. Um, you think? Both Rao and Strawn said lawmakers have failed to curb gun violence, and when asked if the new gun control laws in Colorado were a start, Rao said no. Because despite current state laws aimed to prevent them, gun deaths still persist. State legislation does not work. Why? Why? Because guns can cross state lines. You can print guns on 3D printers, Rao said. State legislation is not working. It's just not working. It doesn't matter what it is. There's a lesson there. You're so close. Do you know why it's not working? Are you realizing that murder is already illegal, and yet people still commit it, regardless of the laws in place or the tools used. It also doesn't matter if it's legislation or executive orders. They're both unconstitutional and ineffective. Uh, Mike Pence filed paperwork on Monday to run for president, setting up an unprecedented contest between a former vice president and a former president of his own party for the nomination. His largest task will be attempting to win back Republicans who largely cast him aside following Donald Trump's presidency. Pence's entry into the race comes after a sometimes tumultuous two years in the political wilderness following his actions on January 6th to certify the 2020 election, resisting intense pressure from Trump. He has occasionally faced boos from the MAGA base at GOP Confabs in places such as Faith and Freedom Coalition Conference in Florida and even on his own home turf at the NRA meeting at Indianapolis this year. He is as disliked as Kamala Harris at this point within his own party. There are doubts he'll ever be able to repair the breach he incurred Among Trump's most loyal supporters, we call those psychophants, by refusing to overturn the 2020 election results on January 6th. Pence's inner circle was divided about whether or not he should mount a presidential bid, with some encouraging him last year to run instead for Indiana's open Senate seat in 2024. In public surveys, he has been polling in single digits. A distant third behind Trump and DeSantis. Pence's bid has often come across as a last last ditch mission to rescue the kind of conservatism that defined much of his congressional and gubernatorial career, as he has often urged in his audiences to resist the lure of populism unmoored to timeless conservative values. As his campaign unfolds, Pence is expected to lean not only on his vice presidential term, where he cut the figure of Trump's supplicant, who refused to break with his boss in public, but also his time in Congress as governor. I'm well known, but I'm not known well. In an interview earlier this year, Pence told the Associated Press, Pence is likely to campaign as sunny, Reagan-esque throwback, I'm a conservative, but I'm not in a bad mood about it. He often says identifying himself as a Christian, conservative, and Republican in that order. I think people in this country want to get back to what the Trump-Pence administration was advancing, he told Politico. While I sense that there is a hunger for a different style of leadership in the country every bit as principled, but maybe leadership that finds a way to find common ground between Republicans and Democrats people talk about DeSantis having no charisma Mike Pence is like chewing on cardboard and calling it pizza I haven't done a good science story in a while and this one blew me away the world's first baby born from transplanted uterus using robot surgery a child has been born from a transplanted uterus which was both removed and implanted Using robot surgery in a world first. The boy, weighing six pounds and 13 ounces, was born by planned C section two weeks early. Both the mother, who is 35, child, and organ donor, who is a relative, are doing well. The world leading research team at the University of Gothenburg, or Gothenburg, operated on both women entirely by means of robot-assisted keyhole surgery with no open surgery stage. The donor had her uterus detached and removed vaginally, while the recipient had the organ inserted into her pelvis via a small incision before it was attached to the vagina and surrounding tissue. Robot surgery is considerably less invasive, reducing risks of infections and hemorrhages and allowing patients to get back on their feet faster. Surgeons insert cameras and robotic arms with surgical instruments attached to them through small entry holes in the lower belly. They then steer the robotic arms by means of tool resembling joysticks at consoles where they can simultaneously see mobile 3D images and operate with great precision. The transplant happened in October of 2021 at Salgrunska University Hospital. In the donor, the uterus was freed one step at a time, supported by robot surgery. The last step involved detaching the uterus from its blood vessels, removing it vaginally in a laparoscopic pouch in the recipient. It was then possible to insert the uterus into the woman's pelvis through a small incision. First suture it with the blood vessels, then suture it to the vagina and the supportive tissue, all assisted by robot surgery. Ten months later, an embryo created by IVF before the transplantation was inserted in the transplanted uterus, and a few weeks later, pregnancy was verified. The mother-to-be felt well throughout her pregnancy, which has thus now concluded with a plan C-section in the 38th week at the end of May 2023. Pernilla Dom Coller, adjunct professor of obstetrics and gynecology at the Academy University of Gothenburg, was the principal surgeon in the intricate operation. She said, With robot-assisted keyhole surgery, we can carry out ultra-fine precision surgery. The technique gives a very good access to operate deep down into the pelvis, This is the surgery of the future. We're proud and glad to have been able to develop uterine transplantations to this minimally invasive technical level. Dr. Nicholas Varnstrom, the transplant surgeon who performed the complicated blood vessel suturing, added With the robot assisted technique, procedures can be done that were previously considered impossible to perform with standard keyhole surgery. It is a privilege to be part of the evolution in this field with the overall goal to minimize the trauma to the patient caused by surgery. The full article is in the description of the show. You should check it out. But I just thought it was a cool story. Had to share it with you guys. The implications for the future are, I worry about. But but for now, this is a pretty cool thing, especially for, you know, young women Who end up getting like cervical or uterine cancer, and this gives them the ability to give birth to their own children again. So, I think the technology is pretty cool. That being said, that is your Tuesday edition of everything yesterday this morning. I appreciate you guys joining me. If you liked the episode, share, subscribe, like, turn on notifications, do all the things. I will see you guys tomorrow. You take care. Have a great day. If you like today's show, be sure to subscribe and turn on notifications so you never miss an episode. Also, please don't forget to check out ShouseInTheHouse.com and never forget that free men do not need permission from any government. Have a great day.